depending on your state, your employer, your institution, we're all getting so many different interpretations of the CDC guidelines. Schools have reopened and workplaces have either committed to employees working remotely forever, or we have some employers like mine who are striving to return back to pre-pandemic or pre-COVID-19, and I put that in air quotes, operations, and not necessarily addressing how we are forever changed by the pandemic and what we've experienced in the past uh, 18 months or so. Welcome to the Writing on My Mind podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Emanuela Stanislaus, doctor, coach, and diversity consultant. I finished my doctorate in four years while working full-time, traveling the world, and balancing a busy social life, and now I'm on a mission to create community for other BIPOC women to complete their doctorate degrees. Join me as I discuss the ups and downs of pursuing a doctoral degree. I'll be sharing personal stories, and I'm bringing some friends along for revealing conversations about their doctoral journey and provide inspiration for others to level up as doc students. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Writing on My Mind podcast. This is Dr. Emanuela Stanislaus here with a new episode. How is everyone doing? It has been a minute since I've sat down to record a new episode, and we're now in the midst of a new semester. Not only is it a new semester, but it's the start of a new academic year. It's also been a bizarre time given our collective experience with the global pandemic, which led to most of us learning and working away from college campuses. For those of us who work in higher education, the COVID-19 pandemic is still going strong, especially with the Delta variant and other strands that have popped up that are even more contagious than the initial one. And depending on your state, your employer, your institution, we're all getting so many different interpretations of the CDC guidelines. Schools have reopened and workplaces have either committed to employees working remotely forever, or we have some employers like mine who are striving to return back to pre-pandemic or pre-COVID-19, and I put that in air quotes, operations, and not necessarily addressing how we are forever changed by the pandemic and what we've experienced in the past uh, 18 months or so. On top of that, it seems like the whole world is on fire with tons of topics that I'm not well-versed on, so I'm not going to go too deep into them, but we have bigger and stronger hurricanes that are tearing through the Caribbean, Also, Louisiana has received back-to-back hurricanes. We've had hurricanes heading to the Northeast. We've had recent massive earthquake hitting Haiti with over 2,000 dead. We have unrest in Afghanistan. And also the planet is literally on fire with all of the forest fires in California, Turkey, Algeria, Italy, and other locations. And people are still dying from COVID-19. So with all of this going on, all of this uncertainty, destruction, and death, 
I'm feeling very unnerved, uh, very uncentered and anxious. And I'm sure that some of you are probably experiencing the same thing. So I thought that it might be a good time to revisit some self-care practices. I dedicated episode seven to the topic of self-care ideas during times of uncertainty, and I want to revisit and expand on that topic. So if you haven't listened to it, definitely listen to it after listening to this, because you might get some additional ideas for ways to take care of yourself and prioritize your self-care. I also think that it's a great time to revisit this topic, given that it's the start of a new academic year. And like I said, there's a ton of uncertainty, a ton of stress, and we want to make sure that we're caring for ourselves during these times. So I want to ask you, how are you doing? How are you really doing? Check in with yourself. How does your body feel? Are you holding any tension anywhere? What are you thinking about? What are you doing to fill your cup? So many times women of color are doing things to fill others. We give and give and give and are often left worn out, tired, and spent. So what I'll be sharing next are ways to engage in what Audre Lorde describes as radical self-care, which is caring for yourself first before caring for others. It also involves caring for yourself in the midst of a world that doesn't believe that you are worthy of care. So let's jump right into it. The first recommendation that I have for self-care is adopting a daily practice of meditation. I believe that I shared that I would spend some time engaging in some deep meditation during my break between jobs. One of my favorite forms of meditation involves body scanning. Body scanning helps you to connect with your physical self and the here and now. Body scan meditation is, of course, relaxing, but can also help you to pay attention to and release tension that many of us may not be aware of. The benefit is that you can only be present and in the moment while doing the body scan meditation. So you can definitely search for various body scan meditations online, but essentially what you do is you start by sitting in a comfortable position, taking deep breaths and bringing your attention to say your feet at first, right? And during that time, you're concentrating on the sensations that you're feeling. You're paying attention to any cool breeze that brushes against your toes or just being aware of that part of your body. And then from there, you would go throughout your whole body and engage in the same exercise. And like I said, there are various meditations that you can find online that go through the whole exercise of body scanning. So I would definitely recommend doing that. Uh, But Research has shown that body scan meditations are beneficial for chronic pain, reducing stress and anxiety, and insomnia. So I think that it's definitely worth a try. 
Like I said, this is one of my favorite meditation techniques and I definitely did it every day during my break and I have done it a couple of times a week since I returned to work and when I'm done with that, I definitely feel more in tune with my body, uh, more relaxed and feel a sense of clarity. I typically will do this during my lunch break to kind of break up the day and relieve myself of some of the stress and tension that may have built up from the morning's activities. So that is my recommendation for self-care. Number one, adopt a daily practice of meditation. My second recommendation is get some fresh air. Go out for a walk or a run do whatever you can to get some fresh air. I notice that my mood instantly improves once I'm outside taking in some fresh air and getting some vitamin D. I get energized to take on whatever's on my agenda whenever I do that. Uh, I'm more of a walker, so you won't really see me out there going for, for a run, but I tend to maybe walk for like somewhere between a mile or two. Uh, and, you know, just being aware of my surroundings, listening to the birds chirping, taking in deep breaths uh, instead of the shallow breaths that I take throughout the day. All of those kinds of things just helps me to realize that the world is bigger than what I may be experiencing at a particular time. And it just helps me to reconnect with nature and just have a mini reset. So that that is number two on my list of recommendations for self-care, which is get some fresh air. Recommendation number three is talk to people who fill you up. You need to know who these people are and reach out to them when you need a boost. Some of these are people who reach out to you and check up on you on a regular basis. These are people who listen to you when you need a sounding board. They don't drain you or engage in a one-way relationship where it's take, take, take. And for me, one of the people that fills me up is my mother, who reminds me every day that I am loved, that she is proud of me, and keeps me prayed up. And also on this list are some of my girlfriends who encourage me to do the scary things that I might feel like are a little too big. They're there with their constant cheers that encourage me like go girl or yes. All of those things really help me to stay grounded. Uh, they fill me up and help me to continue to push through. So that is my recommendation for self-care surrounding yourself or talking to people who fill you up. Now, number four on my recommendation for self-care is daily affirmations. I believe that I've talked about affirmations before on this podcast, and I think that it's worth repeating. I heard this the other day and it really shifted something for me, and I thought that I would share it on here. I wish that I remembered where I heard it so that I could give it the proper credit, but I can't. But they said that we are the only ones that can define who we are. And that's why using I am statements for your affirmations are so powerful. I am statements are declarations of who you are. 
And I want to offer some of my favorite that I've been telling myself recently. I am worthy. I am exactly where I need to be. I am in control of my destiny. I am in possession of what I need. I am kind. I am intelligent. I am in control of my emotions. I am loved. I am safe. I have everything that I need. I am easily inspired. I am a person with options. I am deserving to be paid my worth. I am more than my job. I am deserving of rest and care. So those were my favorite and ones that I've been telling myself. And so those I am statements, like I said, they are declarations of who you are. Affirmations remind you who you are and gives you the motivation and encouragement to move forward. I want to challenge you to start every day with your own set of affirmations. I am statements might be a challenge for you. And if they are, I recently discovered that there are videos on YouTube with affirmations that you can listen to and repeat to yourself. So that is my recommendation and challenge for you to incorporate daily affirmations into your life for self-care. My fifth recommendation is to practice and become an expert at saying no. Who have you said no to lately? When someone asks you to do something, do you feel this pull to say yes? Saying no is a great practice for self-care. However, it's really difficult because some people think that saying no will create conflict or will disappoint others. So let's talk about why it's important to say no. It's important to say no because saying yes to someone means saying no to yourself or something that you want or need to do. Saying no allows you to say yes to the things that matter to you. I personally know how hard it can be to say no uh, because I sometimes just feel bad. Feel bad for saying no to someone, especially thinking that they're coming to me because they need the help. However, as I get older, I realize that piece that I said before. When I say yes to someone, I'm essentially saying no to something that I want to do. Even if it's saying no to me resting when I really need it. And so I like to offer up a technique that I learned from either the book Getting Things Done or Essentialism. And in the book, they suggest saying, let me check my calendar and get back to you as a way to respond to someone. And it's not necessarily uh, saying that to be more of a maybe, but it's to gather your thoughts, you know, go to your calendar and see what you have coming up, other commitments that you have to get a sense of what you have. And then going back to the person and letting them know, hey, I checked my calendar and I don't see how I can possibly assist with this and leave it at that. No explanation is needed. No is a complete sentence. And from saying no, 
versus saying yes or maybe and then not fully following through on that commitment, you build more sense of trust and respect by others uh, in them seeing how you are managing your time and not overextending yourself. So that would be my fifth recommendation, which is to learn to say no and to become more of an expert in that. And now I have my sixth and final recommendation for self-care, which is to treat yourself like your plant. And I'm assuming that all of you have at least a plant. If not, I will paint a clear picture for you of what I mean by that. And I think I've told you all that I've gotten into plants, which I may have shared in that previous self-care episode, but I am all in now. I think I have like 14 plants. (laughs) I have 14 plants in total. And I have learned a lot about self-care from caring for my plants. So the basic things that you need to have healthy plants are a good balance of water, access to sun, a good soil medium, and air circulation. So In terms of water, too much water can result in drooping or yellowing leaves. It can also create an environment for root rot, which is something that you don't want, where it's technically that the roots are rotting because they've been sitting in wet soil and they're not able to absorb the water and the plant just ends up dying. So on the other end of that, too little watering can cause drooping as well and limited growth. Now with sun, too much sun can cause the leaves of the plant to burn and too little sun can cause limited growth, can cause the soil to be damp for longer periods of time, which can lead to both root rot and yellowing leaves. The soil medium is very important for growth as it provides the perfect environment for root health, which impacts the plant as a whole. With the right soil medium, you're providing the right nutrients and allowing for good drainage as the point of good drainage is to make sure that the roots are not just sitting in water, which again creates root rot. And then finally, air circulation just helps with the overall environment of the plant. Air circulation has to do with the environment of the plant, especially as we talk about indoor plants. You don't want it to sit right next to an air conditioner vent or right next to the heater, right? You want it to be in the right position as to not catch, you know, drafts from the AC that can that can be harsh to it or the heat that can dry it out. And so all of those things are important to good plant health. And how does this relate to you as a person? You need to drink enough water to stay hydrated, which impacts everything within your body. You need to make sure that you get your daily dose of sun, which impacts your mood. You need to make sure that your environment is conducive to your growth, right? And so what types of messages are you saying to yourself and who are you allowing into your space? 
What are they telling you? How are they encouraging you to grow? And also with the environment, how does your home inspire you to be your best? So all of those kinds of things are things that I've kind of learned from caring from my plants. If I am watering my plants, I need to think about when's the last time I had a drink of water? If I'm trying to make sure that they're getting the proper amount of sun for growth, I need to incorporate sun into my daily routine as well. And so those kinds of things are just really helping me to think about myself. And so sorry for the nerdy moment in terms of plants, but I really have been thinking about that lately as I try to figure out things that are wrong with my plants and trying to to find the right balance with different things. So hopefully that helps. So with self-care, self-care is going to look very different for all of us because we all have different needs. What I've shared are some ideas to complement what I discussed in episode seven. I think that it's important to revisit self-care from time to time to get a pulse of where you are and to pivot. Things may not be going the way that you like, or we might have let self-care go to the wayside. So it's important to revisit and to recommit to uh, having radical self-care. So I ask, what are some ways that you are engaging in self-care? What are some practices that you are putting in place to prioritize self-care on a daily basis? So that's that for this whole episode. And so I appreciate you all giving the show a listen. Don't forget to rate and review the show and I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Writing on My Mind podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast, make sure you subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts and spread the word to other women of color doctoral students to grow our community. Be sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Dr. Emanuela. And if you're looking for a group of real women of color doctoral students to help you accomplish your goals, join the Writing On My Mind community by visiting writingonmymindpodcast.com. See you on the next episode.